Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. Before we jump into our episode, which we will be answering a question from one of our listeners, I wanted to share an encouraging message that we got. The message says, Thank you, Ruth. I really can't get over how encouraging this morning's podcast was. It really gave me hope. I really didn't think there would be much healing this side of heaven. I am so, so excited right now. I may have a few years left here to truly glorify God as I may be set free from all this trauma that has been a weight and a hindrance. How could one ever thank you for that? I just wanted to start by saying thank you so much for sending us that message and reaching out. Those kinds of messages are so encouraging for Tim and I. We're not here just for the listens and the views and the applause. We truly are here because we want to make a difference in people's lives. I always like to tell my patients after a big win, after there's been a big mental shift or some level of healing that they've experienced that this is why I got into the business. I got into it because I wanted to help change people's lives. I wanted to see them get better from the difficulty that they were experiencing. Seeing or hearing messages like that is very encouraging to us. And it fulfills the mission that we have as therapists. So if you ever want to reach out and send us a message, we would love to hear from you guys. You can also post in the Facebook group and we will get your question and make sure that we answer that. So if you hear an episode that you think can help someone, I would love if you could share that with them or share the podcast with them because you never know if someone might need to hear it. So for today's podcast episode, like I said, we're going to answer a question from our Facebook group. Are you ever fully healed from the trauma or issues that brought you to therapy in the first place? Or is it constantly a work in progress? What does that look like? Now, I think this is a really good question because it can help you set the expectation and understanding of what therapy can be and what therapy is. So one thing is that a lot of therapy is working at helping you to cope with negative emotions, learn how to experience and engage in relationships in more of a healthy way. And I would say if you've been in therapy for any length of time and you feel like you haven't really received substantial or noticeable changes, if you feel like you haven't had any substantial wins or been helped walking through some major issue that you are struggling with, that to me doesn't feel like a very successful experience. For me, when I think about going into therapy and getting help and assistances, I want there to be some type of resolution to the issue that I'm struggling with or the relational dynamic that is unhealthy. And I remember I wrote this advertisement for our private practice because I really believe it. It wasn't just a catchy thing to say, but I said in the advertisement that coping to me is a dirty word because if you learn to cope, it stops you from searching for the healing, from full resolution from the problem that you're experiencing. And for Ruth and I, the way that we practice therapy and what we've helped our clients to experience is a full and true healing from some of the damage and the wounding that they have received. The short answer to this question is absolutely yes, you can find full healing from some of the emotional traumas, the negative belief systems that you've experienced, even near-death experiences that you've had if you engage into the right type of therapy. Yeah, I would agree that part of the process is making sure that you find the right type of therapy for the outcome that you're looking for. And like we've said on previous episodes, don't just stick with the first therapist you have if you clearly know that they're not the right therapist for you, but at that point you feel obligated or I've already started seeing them or I've already scheduled another appointment. 
I know that I am not the right therapist for everybody. Certainly go and give it your best and work at it. And then if you recognize, you know what, I'm not seeing the changes that I want, then maybe look into why am I not seeing those changes? And this is by no means permission to go from therapist to therapist to therapist, but to find a type of therapy that you want. And then within that, find a therapist. Also adding on to this, non-compliance is not your therapist's fault, right? If you go into therapist and they give you tasks and things to do and you're not complying with that, that doesn't make them a bad therapist. They're giving you tools and things that may help. But if you're not implementing them because you don't think that they're going to work, then you might have a much harder time. I think a lot of what people struggle with is when they're thinking about their problems, they think it's all an intellectual exercise. If I just understand or if I think this way, then it will just make things all better. But the other part is changing and adjusting how you feel is actually, I think, a bigger part of the equation than just thinking logically. And I always like to tell people, if you could just think a certain way and then stop feeling that way simultaneously, therapy wouldn't even be a thing because it'd be so easy to just work your way out of your problem. But the other hand is you have to address these emotions and logic doesn't always fix those. Sometimes you just have to dig deep and root through those emotions to really fix the negative effect that they're having on you. Right. So in addition to what we've already talked about of finding the right type of therapy, finding the right therapist, what Tim's saying is so true. You have to do the work and show up. You're showing up for yourself. You're showing up for the healing that you want. And I would go into it saying, whatever tools that they give me, I'm going to try it. And one of the things I would do is right after therapy, I would write down every tool that they gave you in that session or even in therapy. Take notes during therapy. I love when my clients take notes because I know that if I'm in a session, there's a lot of times if I were the client that I would forget things going out of it. I would forget big insights that I heard, good tools that were provided, and even the homework assignments. And I think this will save you in the long run from having to go back to therapy for the exact same problems and paying the money and having the therapist give you the exact same tools that maybe you heard two years ago, but you never put into practice. So write it down and then implement them. Actually, it's so funny that you say that. I just told this to a patient the other day. They kept pausing me because they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm taking notes. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, don't worry about that at all. As a matter of fact, I take that as one of the highest compliments that you're writing down what I say because it tells me that you think what I'm saying is very important. So I'm okay waiting for you to write down what I have to say because to me that says that you really valued what I just said there and that it impacted you and that you're actively trying to comply with what I just told you. Right, because as therapists, our goal isn't to keep you as clients. Our goal is really to help you reach your goals and get you to a place of healing and a healthy place so that you can go on your way and that you don't need us. Oh, totally. I would 100% rather see someone for three months and see them have this miraculous turnaround in their relationship or their social emotional experience compared to have somebody who is seeing me regularly for a year, but then doesn't really get much change. That person who comes in for a year, that's a financial benefit to us. But to me, that's not the only reason I'm seeing my patients. I'm seeing them for a combination of, well, I got to put food on the table. But the other part is, to me, it's an emotional thrill when I get someone through a difficult experience. It's so fun to see somebody go from this difficult spot that they started off in to a completely different spot by the time that they end. And the quicker they go through it, even though that might mean that they're not a patient as long, it's to me a validation of the therapy that I'm doing. Okay, I'm doing a good job. They came in with this big problem 
And in this short amount of time, they were able to get the healing that they need, or at least some of the healing that they need, where they felt sufficient to continue on. And there absolutely is a place for long-term therapy. And I definitely have clients who come in and they check in once a month or, you know, I have long-term clients who I've seen since they were even in high school and I've seen them along the process and they'll come back when they have something that they really need to work on. And it's been awesome to see the change along all the life stages. And now they have a family of their own and their own career. And it's just so awesome to be able to see that progress over time. Another point is to be patient in the process. A lot of the things that we see have happened over a long period of time, over months, over years, over decades. And so knowing that that's not going to be healed in one session. It's not going to be fixed by one thing we say and it's all healed. But it's going to take time. There's a process and you have to trust the process and be patient in that process knowing that part of it is a journey and it's part of it is a learning that you experience along the way. It's a growth that happens along the way. We're not just looking at, I want this one thing to be gone and healed, but it is who you become in the process. And I think too, if you've been in therapy for a long time, like if you've been seeing your therapist for over two or three years and you're not in a dramatically healthier spot than when you originally started, you might not really be getting what you need out of that type of therapy or that therapy may have taken you as far as you can go. So, for example, if you're experiencing panic attacks on a fairly regular basis and you go into therapy and the frequency and or intensity of your panic attacks has not been reduced over two years, that's too long to be waiting for symptom reduction. You should be getting symptom reduction much sooner than that. So I had been aware of EMDR in our master's program and I always thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. I wonder how that works, but that just sounds really weird. But the first time I ever really experienced it was right before our wedding when I had a lot of medical trauma um, due to severe dental work and surgeries that needed to be done. I had different surgeries that had to happen at the hospital. And one year, I had about 300 appointments that year just for the dental work. And that wasn't one appointment almost every day of the year. It was weeks where I had some appointments where I had to go to four or five appointments in one day. And like I said before this, I hadn't ever really experienced anxiety, but for some reason, right at the end when I was probably in my second to last appointment before I would be done with everything, I started to experience anxiety and I was so used to going to the dentist and going to all these different appointments and all these things. And so I could not understand why at the very end was I beginning to experience this because I was used to this. I was used to going to appointments. I was used to the drilling and used to the x-rays and all the things that they had to do. And I could not figure it out. And so when I began to notice anxiety, even little things like Tim scratching his jeans or me trying to scratch Tim's back, just any kind of scraping or scratching, I just could not handle it. And so my supervisor at the time referred me to see an EMDR therapist. And I remember going to this therapist, and I was still a trainee at that time or an associate, where I'd had my schooling and was working toward my license, but I wasn't licensed yet. I remember telling the therapist about what I was going through and the therapist saying, okay, I'm going to see you for three to five sessions and then you'll be done with this. And I was like, what? Are you serious? And I thought like, you probably shouldn't say that. But she was so confident in it. And so I went with the process. I trusted the process. I did what she said. And I went to three sessions 
And then I never went back to her because we were done. We were done with that memory and that target that I was working on. And so that specific target that we worked on hasn't bothered me again since then. But after that, there were a lot of other things that had come up and I began to realize like, oh, I could probably also use EMDR in this. And that really was where our EMDR journey started was with me experiencing it for myself in such an effective and short time where I was just blown away by it. And in a future episode, I'll share a little bit more about why I thought this happened right at the end of all these appointments. But going back to the question of, are you ever fully healed from the trauma or issues that brought you into therapy in the first place? Or is it constantly a work in progress? I would say, like Tim said, yes, absolutely yes. But along the way, you find other things or other targets that you can work on. But I wanted to share that because even though that dental or medical trauma that I just shared about or scratching the genes seems small, Tim and I have both seen EMDR work with a variety of different things. And so we're just going to kind of go through some things that we have experienced that EMDR has worked for and clients that we've seen. And I think part of it too is we share a lot of the small ones because we also want you to understand that EMDR isn't just for these big T traumas, but it can be for daily disturbances that you've noticed have really bothered you or crippling anxiety, depression, agoraphobia, borderline personality disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, phobias. Phobias is really an interesting one. I tell people a lot of times, if your phobia is not attached to a negative experience you've had, a lot of times what a phobia is is a stand-in for another negative experience. So your brain doesn't want to think about this other experience, but it's feeling this anxiety, but it doesn't want to make you think about this negative experience all the time. So it replaces it with a phobia. Now, if you've been attacked by a rat and now you have a phobia of a rat, that's a fair connection. But a lot of times what phobias are actually is a cover for a more disturbing event. And so you work on the phobia and then all of a sudden these other disturbing events start popping up and start getting processed through the EMDR uh, animal attacks. I know we shared about the hornet attack that my son and I had experienced and how we did EMDR on him in a past episode. We've seen clients who have been in mass shootings, some who have been in multiple mass shootings, those who have experienced domestic violence, sexual abuse, complicated and complex grief. We've seen a lot of birth trauma. Our midwives who we love, Richard and Lisa Oxenham from Sacred Journey Midwifery, they've referred a lot of their clients to us because they've seen the benefits of healing from previous birth traumas and then the opposite of how when you don't work on birth trauma, sexual abuse, things like that, how it can affect your birthing process. Absolutely. And they've delivered three of our five children. And if you're in the Southern California area and you're looking for a good midwife team, we would definitely recommend them. Another thing that EMDR can assist with is if you have experienced toxic parenting. So growing up, if your parents were really toxic and unhealthy, the negative lessons and emotions that you have gathered from those experiences can be healed and removed and expunged. I've had clients who have come in and we've worked on their experience being imprisoned and just the negative feelings that come along with that. And then even this one's a very interesting one. People sometimes get traumatized by nightmares. They have a nightmare and it can cause them to change how they are living their regular everyday life, not because of a real experience, but just because of this dream that they had that so spooked them. I've had a patient who totally rearranged their room to get away from their window because they had a nightmare that something bad happened through their window. 
And then also, this is another big one. If you have had a parent who is a narcissist, or you were in a relationship with somebody who is a narcissist, getting over narcissistic abuse can assist you. I think a lot of times people go through these negative relationships, and it can cause them to view people of the opposite sex as wholly bad because they experience somebody who just really mistreated them in one way or another. And then when they look at everybody else who's a potential mate, then they view them all as bad or irredeemable or unsafe and dangerous. And so we share this list of things that we've seen to really give you hope. And like Lori said in her encouraging message that I really didn't think there would be much healing this side of heaven, that we are here to tell you there is, there is hope and there is healing and you can be fully healed from that trauma. And yes, it's a work in progress and there might be other targets or memories that come up along the way, but you can find that healing. I think another aspect, too, that you can find full healing from is in marriage counseling. And your marriage and your relationship can find full healing when you change the dynamic, when you learn new communication tools, new healthy conflict resolution tools. And as you progress forward in the relationship, as you start behaving better towards one another, the past will start to fall away. And this new healthier dynamic will start to replace that and then cause you to be in a dramatically better spot where that past won't necessarily have as much of a hold on you. Now, don't get me wrong, sometimes some of the relational dynamics can cause trauma, and you might need additional EMDR to help you get past that, but your relationship also, as it is going in this healthier direction, a lot of the old hurts and hang-ups that come from how the relationship was operating will also fade away and not feel as painful when you are again just operating in a healthier way. All right, guys, once again, thank you so much for listening. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.